Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on today's episode, we kick off our season preview series with a look at the forward rankings, seeing where the Jets stack up with the rest of the NHL. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. Hopefully it ended better than mine did, which the end of my weekend saw me use myself as a human shield to protect my daughter and nieces from a freaking wasp nest. Oh, I hate those yellow bastards so much, but... The good news is I found out I'm not allergic, so that's nice, and I should be getting my purple heart in the mail sometime soon next week, so it can only go up from here, but but hopefully you guys are all doing well. Now, from offensive bugs to offensive attacks, let's get right into our preview series looking at forward groups in the NHL. That's a, that's a shaky set, 6 out of 10 segue right there, but I digress. Now... This is the third rankings of these that I've done, which is kind of crazy that I apparently we're into season three of this thing. But for those that might not be familiar with how all of this goes, let me run you through how I come up with these rankings quick here. We'll go through the forward groups in today's episode. Then next week will be defensive groups, goalies, etc. All that across the NHL to get a sense of where the Jets sit and maybe what the expectations ultimately should be for the club going into the season. And my rankings are really simple. It's just, quite frankly, which of these groups would you want the most going into this upcoming season and postseason? That's it. Three years from now does not matter. Good or bad contracts mean nada. It's all about the here and the now. Who has the best of the best upfront attacks in the league at the moment We went 1 through 32 from that point on. And even more so than my rankings, honestly, I am way more fascinated and interested about where the fan base would have the Winnipeg Jets situated heading into this upcoming campaign. Because from my perspective, at least, I've had the Jets in the top 10 forward groups heading into each of the last two seasons. Obviously, whiffed after the season that was just had this year 
but high hopes from this club heading into the previous two campaigns. And you could probably say that the last four or five, we just didn't have a show before then. But heading into this year, obviously, basically nothing's been done this entire offseason. There are not a lot of good vibes surrounding the team right now. And then you have a new coach coming in who's who's promising you know, better commitment to defense and the like. And I wonder what the temperature is around this. I mean, talented, but certainly flawed forward core. Now, I mentioned the previous two seasons, top 10, the Winnipeg Jets found themselves in. Spoiler alert, the Jets will not be finding themselves in the top 10 for the third straight year. In fact, the Jets were actually one of the teams that had the biggest falls in my year-to-year rankings, going back from last season to this season, only the Philadelphia Flyers and the Chicago Blackhawks had a bigger yearly fall than the Winnipeg Jets did. Those two teams, one is out to lunch, one is not trying to win hockey games. Not not the best company to, to keep yourself in if you're the Winnipeg Jets. Now, that's the bad news. The good news, not in the top 10 but not in the bottom 10 either. That's not an overwhelmingly overwhelmingly positive counter, I know, but it's pretty much all I got right now, and maybe that can paint a bit of a picture as to how this is going to go for for Winnipeg Jets fans here. So uh, buckle up here as we get right into it. Now, what's also interesting when I do these rankings is there's usually tiers that pop up which teams tend to fall into. As And what I mean by that is usually like a group of five, six, maybe seven teams that all could be interchangeable depending on what you value and things like that, right? So you might have, you know, what a group of five, the top five teams, but then there's a drop off from those five to six for 11 and then so on and so on and so on. So that that's an interesting thing that kind of happens organically when I do this here. You can kind of even get a... Uh, that to me almost gives you a better sense than the exact number that a team comes in is this is probably a realistic range of where they could be and maybe what a best case and a worst case scenario might look like for a specific team going into the season. So let's start with, I guess, the good news. The worst of the worst. We'll go there to kick things off because the Jets do not find themselves in the bottom 10 And more fortunately, they do not find themselves in the hateful eight. Because the way I see it, there are eight bad forward groups in the NHL. Even the teams that are still in the 20s that are outside of these eight, lots of skill. Uh, In some cases, a decent amount of depth just doesn't quite match up to some of the higher up teams in the league. But these eight... Oh, they're going to struggle to score goals this season. And it's, yeah, it's it's not going to be exciting, entertaining hockey for the most part from these eight clubs. No surprise, once again, the Arizona Coyotes find themselves at the bottom of yet another rankings list. But they are just not talented enough again and again and again. But they don't really care because they're not trying to be. So Arizona rounds out the list at 32, followed by Anaheim, despite having Trevor Zegras in the fold. This is a team that might, you know, jump up a fair bit if a lot of the young guys take some leaps. But as it stands right now, for me, 
They're at 31, followed by Chicago at the moment, simply because they have Patrick Kane. That could change very quickly here, but I'll have Chicago reluctantly at 30. Montreal at 29, although I'll be very interested to see how a lot of the young talent does there. Is the Martin St. Louis bump a mirage or something to see continue here? That's another team that I could see take a big jump up the standings, but I got Montreal at 29. Buffalo at 28. Seattle at 27. I mean, Seattle, for me, the only reason they're not higher up is just really weak down the middle at the moment. But if if Maddie Benier, Benier, Beniers, Beniers, whatever his name is, if the kid comes out to play like he did at the end of last year, then Seattle's going to find themselves in the teens very, very quickly here. But as it stands, great depth, not a lot of high-end talent from the Kraken. I got them at 27, followed by San Jose at 26, and Philadelphia at 25. Seeing Philly at 25, now that I say it out loud, seems way too high. Because they are, I mean, maybe it's just Sean Couturier won the Selkie not that long ago, but yeah. Either way, those are the eight teams that are certainly a level below the rest in the NHL when it comes to their forward group. And outside of a couple players or two there, not really a whole lot to get excited about. The reason why those teams are where they are is really kind of twofold. And this is what you'll see throughout teams in different spots in this rankings here is that, you know, there's some high-end talent with these teams, but not an overwhelming amount of it. And there's also depth issues as well. That, that to me, is a bad forward group. You can be flawed and have one or the other, but not both. But if you struggle to have, you know, contenders in both of those areas, that, to me, makes you a, a, a bad forward group. And that's where I see those teams Heading into this season, although I think Seattle, out of those teams, has the best chance of, you know, maybe jumping up a couple handful of spots and and maybe being a little bit more impactful than where I have them right now. So that's the worst of the worst. We'll jump back up to the top of the list here to the best of the best quickly. And for me, there are six teams that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack in the NHL. I got a top six, like tier tier one teams that have both depth and extreme high-end talent. And for me, the second year in a row, I've got the Edmonton Oilers, I would, I would imagine unsurprisingly, at the top of the heap. Because when you have McDavid and Dreisaitl, you're, I think, at worst, those two put you into the top five. But, you know, unfortunately... Evander Kane playing as well as he has adds another layer of scoring touch for the Oilers group. The additions of, you know, Zach Hyman, while maybe not something that's going to play out well down the road, is going to play out very well for them this upcoming season. And they've got a decent third line too, right? Like, I mean, as it stands right now, barring any moves, likely to be some combination of Ryan McLeod, Jesse Pugliarvi, Derek Ryan... Kyler Yamamoto, like they, th- there's a decent amount of depth at Edmonton right now. And if you've got a decent amount of depth with McDavid and Drysaddle at the top, that for me was the easiest choice of the whole list, putting the Edmonton Oilers at number one. I've got Toronto number two, Tampa Bay number three. I mean, I, I know Sorelli's got some kind of injury he's dealing with right now, but Tampa Bay's 
pretty loaded up and down that roster. Tampa Bay number three. Colorado drops down to number four for now. We'll see what happens with Nazem Kadri and where he ends up. But if the Avs can find a suitable replacement, it might have them just behind the Edmonton Oilers. Um, the Florida Panthers, despite losing a bunch of pieces, fall in at number five. And St. Louis drops into the sixth spot there. For me, the Blues have the best. This is going to sound weird because I've got the Oilers number one. But when it comes to forwards one through 12, I I like what St. Louis has built there because they are just so, so deep. So insanely deep. Their third line's better than a lot of second lines in the NHL. And I mean, their third line might have a guy or two that could play on some of the top lines at the bottom of the list there. I love what the the Blues have composition-wise up front there. Rounding out the top 10 for me, while they're not at the level of those top six teams, I've got the Pittsburgh Penguins, gross. Um, The Vegas Golden Knights, even with the trade of Max Pacioretty, I'm betting on a bit of a bounce-back year and, and, and less injury concerns. For the Golden Knights forwards, I've got them at the 8th spot, followed by Washington and then Carolina. Since we went with the top 10 there, let's round out the rest of the bottom 10. We mentioned the hateful 8, that stink. Well, just ahead of those two teams, I've got the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Dallas Stars. So the Dallas Stars. Oh, I guess Arizona's in the central. I keep forgetting that. They'll be Houston soon enough. We don't have to worry about that. But Arizona and Dallas, the two worst for... And Chicago, damn it. (laughs) Dallas somehow has the third worst forward group in the central division. Uh, Interestingly enough, they have one of the best lines in all of hockey. But as we'll see later on in this list... High-end talent can be submarine pretty quickly if the depth isn't there to back it up. And really, outside of Pavelski, Hintz, and Robertson, there is not a lot to get excited about with the Dallas Stars forward group. So for me, they find themselves at the bottom end of that bottom 10 list. So that then leaves us teams 11 through 22. And the Winnipeg Jets find themselves in that group. But where do they sit? Well, we'll get to that in just a sec, but before we do, we're going to give a quick shout-out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook because college football is just days away from getting underway. And right now, new customers to kick off the CFB season can bet just 5 bucks on any team and get 200 and free bets instantly win or lose. So if you're like me and you don't have a ton of success, five bucks gets you $200 and you don't even have to worry about who wins and who loses that game. If that's not enough, don't forget, same game parlays are up for grabs as well with a shot at an even bigger payout. For example, Ohio State, the number two team in college football, opens up the year against Notre Dame, ranked number five. I like Ohio State to absolutely pummel the Irish, which is a prototypical Notre Dame hype train fall apart game, especially up against one of the better teams in college football like the Buckeyes. So I like Ohio State to score first and cover and then score early and often. And a reminder to DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable with your deposits and withdrawals. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. One per new customer, minimum $5 deposit and wager, $200 issued as eight $25 free bets. All right, so the remainder of the list here. Where do the Winnipeg Jets find themselves in teams 11 through 22 when it comes to forward groups in the NHL? Unfortunately, the Winnipeg Jets do not find themselves in the top 15 of my list. After Carolina at number 10, I've got the New York Rangers at 11. Hate the Vincent Trocek contract. Don't think that's going to age well, but it's going to help them out right now. Fills a gaping hole at the second line center spot for them. Upgrade over Strom from last year. And I think some of those uh, high-end top picks are going to build off that playoff run from last season. I got the Rangers at number 11. Followed by, maybe surprisingly... Well, not surprising. Well, so here's why it's surprising. I've got the Boston Bruins behind New York at number 12, and then the Ottawa Senators at number 13. Now, the Bru- for, for different reasons, these two teams are here. The Bruins are old as hell, but their forwards are still effective as hell because Patrice Bergeron might have just had the best season of his career last year at, what was he, 36? No reason to expect him to slow down all that much going into this year. David Krejci comes back. Charlie Coyle drops down to, I think, his best spot as a third-line centerman. Love the Boston Bruins forward group, and I think it's kind of underrated going into this year. Um, But the Ottawa Senators are clearly the team with the most hype, especially with what they did up front in the offseason. Debrinkat comes in. Claude Giroux comes in. The Sens are pretty loaded up front. I, I was surprised looking at their group. They are, they're going to, I don't know how good they're going to be. They're going to score a crap load of goals this year, though. They're going to be fun to watch. And pretty surprising that they've jumped ahead of a bunch of teams on this list compared to last year. But just behind them, I've got the New Jersey Devils, Andre Palat, maybe pushing them up a couple spots, as well as the emergence of Jack Hughes last year. And then for me, the Minnesota Wild, one of my favorite teams to watch in all of hockey. I've got them with the 15th best forward group, heavily buoyed by that Caprizov zuccarello duo. Even with the loss of Kevin Fiala, I've got the Minnesota Wild ahead of the Jets and in the 15th spot. So that now leaves us teams 16 through 22. We've essentially reached the mushy middle of the NHL. The worst spot to be in, as we all know, in this day and age. Of the NHL. And I I, I wonder at, at which point, or if maybe you'd have the Jets in a different spot here, but where fans would have the Winnipeg Jets in teams 16 through 22. Now, I've gotten written down here, and I talked about tiers earlier on. 
this to me is the tier that I would have the Winnipeg Jets in. And, and you could maybe, I think you could debate having them in, in different spots here. But I had 17th through 23rd as probably the Jets range of forward rankings if we're being, if we're trying to be as unbiased as possible here. And the reason I say that is I got Dallas at 23, like I mentioned at the bottom 10 there. Dallas is built very similarly to the Winnipeg Jets. I like Dallas's top line better. I like Winnipeg's second line better than the Stars. Then you look at the depth there. I mean, it's 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 pretty similar to be honest depth-wise. There's a lot of issues. I, I think the Stars' bottom six might be a shade better than what Winnipeg has. But I think for me at least, the Jets have such an overwhelming advantage on their second line compared to Dallas that I've got the Stars where they are there. But I can understand people looking at those two forward groups and maybe thinking something else. But to me, why I say at least 17 through 23 is that I just don't see an argument as to how this Winnipeg Jets forward group could be better than the 16th team that I have in my rankings, and that's the Vancouver Canucks. Very similar top sixes for the two clubs. A lot of high-end talent. I mean, for me... Jay, I don't know how you could have Mark Shifley ahead of JT Miller after the season Miller just had. Uh, a second line of, of Pedersen, Besser, and Horvat is, at the very least, comparable to what Winnipeg has. I think a lot of people might take Vancouver's trio over Winnipeg's right now. But even if you have the top six as a wash, the Canucks' bottom six completely smokes what Winnipeg has right now. And, and that's why I've got the Canucks at 16. But from there, Vancouver 16. I got the LA Kings at 17 with the addition of Kevin Fiala. You add a point-of-game player to a, a pretty a pretty deep group of forwards there. Not, not a ton of high-end talent, which is obviously why the trade for Fiala was made. But a lot of really savvy, good defensive forwards out there. And, you know, guys like Kopitar and Victor Arvidsson. And even some surprising players like Trevor. I don't know how many people know Trevor Moore had almost 50 points last year. There's a few guys that stepped up in a big way for the LA Kings. And I think Quinton Byfield is going to have an absolutely monster year. So I've got the Kings as one of those just solid groups from top to bottom at the 17 spot. I've got the Nashville Predators ahead of the Winnipeg Jets at 18. And then we have our Winnipeg Jets at number 19. For me going into this year, I think the Winnipeg Jets have the 19th best forward group in the NHL. Just quickly before we jump right into it here, Calgary just behind Winnipeg at 20, followed by Detroit at 21, and the New York Islanders at 22. So like I mentioned, there's not really a whole lot separating my 17 through 22 teams at the very least. LA, Nashville, Winnipeg, Calgary, Detroit, and the New York Islanders. There's a few things that have really pushed the Winnipeg Jets all the way, way, way down to number 19. I had them eight last year heading into the season. Now they're down to the 19 spot. But it, it really comes down to a few things. To, to me, two big issues with this forward core. And it's not really going to surprise anybody whatsoever that's watched this team especially watched the majority of the games last year and that's that their talented group inside the top six is quite frankly brutal inside their own zone 
So while they're going to score a ton of goals and they are more than capable and can hold their own against a lot of other teams' top sixes in the NHL, they, they don't defend anywhere near as good as any of those teams. Anywhere near as good. And so that bumps them down a decent amount. But really what pushes them behind a lot of the teams that are ahead of them is the Winnipeg Jets' bottom six is as bad as any in the entire NHL. So you take the combination of a top six that isn't as imposing as it has been in years past with one of the most toothless offensive bottom sixes in the entire NHL, and you get a group that sits at 19 headed into this season. One that probably shouldn't be in that spot, given some of the talent that's on this team and, and, and some options to improve there, but it's, it's hard for me to put them any higher than that. Because like I mentioned... The top six, while you have guys like Kyle Connor, who could potentially be a 50-goal, 100-point guy. You have Mark Shifley, who's been a point-of-game center for, for half a decade at the very least now. Kyle Con- or Nikolai Ehlers, sorry, who could be a point-of-game player this upcoming season. Dubois, who was, you know, a, a, a physical force that could put the puck in the net last year. And even Blake Wheeler, who's still one of the premier assist men in the entire NHL. While you have all those guys in the top six... You just cannot ignore their defensive deficiencies. It's It's been too long to just push those aside and say, look at the shiny point totals here. Everything's going to be okay. They've been passed by a lot of teams in the NHL over these past few seasons, and, and maybe the expansion draft played into that a little bit, but the Winnipeg Jets group inside those top two lines is just average compared to what we see across the rest of the NHL. It's it's not an elite group there anymore. And you take that piece of the pie and combine it with the fact that the bottom six is, on paper, one of the worst in the entire NHL. And, and this is how you get a fall from grace. Really, just one season, a, a tumble down the rankings, like very few teams across the rest of the league. And while... And I, I want to touch on this quickly here before we wrap up the episode. But while I think Jets fans are kind of all in agreement that this club's bottom six needs massive, massive improvement, I, I don't know if enough people really understand how dire the situation is. Because you look and, and, and go on Cap Friendly, go on NHL.com, go, go on whatever site you want to. Once you start comparing the Jets' bottom six to the rest of the groups in the NHL, they are frighteningly inefficient and ineffective when it comes to putting the puck in the net. I, I know Adam Lowry's role, for example, is not to be a 50-point guy. I, I, I get that. But when you combine his lack of scoring this past season and the rest of the group's lack of production from this past season, there's really only three other teams that are even close to as poor as, as what Winnipeg's put together going into this year. And that would be Chicago, who again are trying not to win. San Jose, who have had a bit of a fall of from grace, you know, entering the rebuilding years as, as, as a stage of their franchise. And then the Philadelphia Flyers, who have had one of the worst off seasons we've seen in quite some time. Those are the only three teams, in my opinion, that sit with Winnipeg in the running for the worst bottom six in the entire NHL. Teams are getting quite consistently 25 to 30 points from 
three to four guys inside their bottom six. And the Winnipeg Jets only had one of their players last year reach that mark, and that was just barely Adam Lowry. And he was getting a lot of, you know, ice time, a few more minutes of ice time per game than a lot of other bottom six players in the NHL, right? So you're, even then, you're still not getting efficient production from that spot there. It's pretty alarming. Maybe not surprising, but alarming. When, when you take into account that, you know, no more Andrew Kopp, no more Paul Stasny, the Jets have not adequately filled those two spots from last year going into this season. And, and look, I'm actually quite high on, on some of the pieces inside the Jets' bottom six. I, I've, I mean, we talked about it last week. I like Mason Appleton's game a lot. I think he's going to be a good player for this team. I think Morgan Barron can be an impactful player in a certain role inside the bottom six. Maybe Gustafson can step up, right? Like, I, I don't think it's necessarily all doom and gloom there. But <laughs> even Chevy's actions, I think, point to the fact that there are some major, major holes there that need to be addressed if the Jets have any intentions of competing for a playoff spot this season. Because as it stands right now, on nights that the Jets' top six doesn't score, they cannot depend on the third and fourth lines to provide offense night in, night out. It's just not going to happen. And that's going to be a major, major issue going into this season as it plays out. Now, look, to be fair, there's still a month before the regular season gets underway. Maybe the Jets clear up that logjam on defense a little bit and add a piece or two, right? If, if the Jets can add two pieces, two proven NHL contributors there to that bottom six, then I would bump them up a, a, a decent amount of spots. They, they might they might find themselves in the top half of the NHL when it comes to forward groups. But until that moment comes with what they have at this moment in time, it's a below-average forward group. And that's something I did not think I would say anytime soon. If, I, if you would have said that to me five years ago, I think you would have been laughed out of the room. But, but that's where the Winnipeg Jets are right now, especially with the failure to replace Paul Stasny and Andrew Kopp, to me, you just I, I can't find a way to put them inside the top half of the NHL when it comes to forward groups. And we'll, we'll see what happens if Blake Wheeler's even around too. And if a trade like that maybe doesn't even net you a piece coming back the other way. The, the Jets could find themselves potentially, they could be 19th going into the year with some additions. They could be 16th, 15th. But with some subtractions here the Jets could find themselves dropping into the 22nd 23rd 24th spot it's it's a pretty remarkable tumble down the rankings for the Winnipeg Jets but that that's the spot that they put themselves in and we'll have to see if they can find a way to dig themselves out of this hole but like I mentioned earlier on in the episode would absolutely love 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 to get your thoughts on these rankings. Do you agree with them? Are the Winnipeg Jets, as it stands right now, the 19th best forward group in the NHL? Would you have them higher, lower? Is that just right? Would love to get your thoughts on this and the rest of the forward rankings in the entire NHL as well, if a team or two is completely out to lunch, according to where I have them. Um, but let me know on Twitter, at Brandon underscore Rewiki, or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. Would love to get your reactions 
and mainly would love to get them because that's going to be our next episode <laughs> when we get back at it here. We're going to dive into all of that when we return to Skates and Plates at the end of this week. But before we do that, just want to thank you guys once again for tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. We'll get back at it on a Friday morning, breaking down your reaction to the forward rankings list, your questions, your comments, whatever it is. That will be the focus, the entire focus of Friday's episode. And we'll continue our look ahead to this upcoming NHL season, beginning with the forward groups here. So please let me know because we'll get to all of your thoughts, concerns, questions, predictions, all of it to close out this work week. But until then, enjoy these next few days, everybody. Let's get through it and get to the weekend as quickly and as safely as we can. And once again, thank you for listening to Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Until then, I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. Peace.